0: We're in Southern Bolivia, pretty close to the Argentinian border. It's pitch blackout. We're on some dirt road in some canyon. There was a sign for a detour. Uh, So we're following it. Um, Oh, today has been long.
1: Yeah, we started at noon, which was a bad idea because we knew we had just shy of 70 miles with like seven plus thousand feet. At
0: at at or above thirteen thousand feet. So to say that we didn't see this coming would be probably lying. Ignorant. Oh man, Silver Lining though, it's pitch ass black and we are in bumfuck middle of nowhere and the stars are just stellar. Oh. Best of Bolivia. But, I don't know, we hopefully won't be doing this too much longer. No, no, no. no. But, one of our biggest oopsies. So far, yeah, it's just a new experience. You know, we haven't really done much night riding. <laughs> ten, ten months in, we decided to give it a shot. Yeah.
2: Listening the Spoken Tour. Bienvenidos. Están escuchando the Spoken Tour. Bienvenue. Vous êtes en train d'écouter the Spoken Tour. Soumaha muskaikichi,
3: uya rizinkichi, the Spoken Tour.
1: Ho, ho, wow, thank you guys. That is, without a doubt, the best welcome we've gotten to any of our 17 episodes here. The most gracious round of applause we've received from our traveling live audience that goes with us everywhere on the Spoken Tour. Currently, it is March 20th. We're in Mendoza, Argentina. We have finally descended off of the Altiplano of Bolivia, and we've got a... Pretty interesting little bit of spoken science to coincide with that uh, change in elevation. We'll get to that later.
0: But yeah, between us and our last episode, we leave the entire country of Bolivia at our heels. Um, We left Cusco after over a week of gorging ourselves and a fair amount of indulging in the spirits, one might say, as well. Um, which was capped off by one of the most passionate nights that we have experienced on the Spoken Tour so far. Mm -hmm. Uh, As we went to our friend Tommy Tyson's house to say our final goodbye, as we planned to leave the next morning, we were astounded by a rousing speech that Tommy made on this Friday night to not at all directed towards Tyler and I, but to his friend's Chad and Joe, whom he was trying to convince to hit the town and have a little dance night for the boys. <laughs> and I, I would describe it
1: as a combination of Robin Williams' character's farewell speech in Dead Poet Society. <laughs> segued into Night at the Roxbury
0: and a pinch of the uh Zach Galifianakis hangover uh Wolfpack speech <laughs> yeah <laughs> and there Ty and I are just caught in the crossfires of this astounding call to call the arms and uh Really, without any hesitation, we quickly told Tommy that we were going to delay our riding out of <laughs> town for another day to hit the town with him, and the night was spent uh, dancing to the wee hours of the morning, um, just without the slightest bit of shame, um, and, yeah, just led to led to one of the funniest nights that, I that think we can remember. the linoleum tiles of the dance floor in Cusco are still feeling our wrath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was uh, a great hashtag, Dance Night for the Boys. So thank you, Tommy, for making that speech and for showing us a great time in Cusco. Um, Joe and Chad as well, thank you guys so much. Uh, But yeah, after Cusco, we quickly realized how out of shape we were as uh, we started pedaling towards the Altiplano of Bolivia. Uh, But one thing that did really help was one of our first nights, we stopped at these hot springs. And I don't know if it was the magical waters or what, but uh I had a little bit of inspiration to chat a little bit about uh gratitude as as my found myself alone in the tent so here's a little clip that we recorded from there I've been thinking about the idea of of gratefulness uh differently than I have in my entire life uh it, it it's it's almost like a it's almost kind of i mean i'm i'm I started this recording because I, I, I was laughing at my own way of being grateful, and it was me crawling into the tent, like, snuggling up with my scarf and my puffy jacket, and ha- looking at my sleeping bag, and then I, you know, warm and cozy, one might say, and then I turned to uh, shut the door of the tent, and shut the door, and I see my, sandal- my flip-flops and my riding shoes, and... I grabbed my riding shoes, picked them up, and started tapping them around on the ground, and saying "thank you," Uh, kind of like this. You can. This is a reenactment. Thank you, riding shoes. Singing, so I was I was singing the song of thank, of gratefulness to my disgusting pair of, I mean, I'm looking at it now, just, it, I'm sure there's some sort of shit on the bottom of this somewhere, um, I, we, we try to keep them out of the tent, because they smell so bad, but they have been on my feet since I left my front door in Denver, Colorado, and they are killer, I don't know, it's just like, they're a great pair of shoes, and expressing gratefulness in that way, uh, out loud, vocally, um, has been uh, a pretty fun way to just put that type of gratitude into the universe. Like when we're when we're biking, and this whole kind of thing of, of being outwardly grateful and just saying it out loud started in Peru, um, largely started after I spent time with my brother-in-law, Luis, who is so good at that. I'm I, I so envious of the way that he... Um, spreads his gratefulness. Um, like, we jumped in the ocean and we were swimming around when we were down in Chimbote visiting Luis, and he popped up from the water and, and just looked, looked around and said, Oh, thank you, ocean. Thank you, waves. Thank you, sunshine. Thank you, Peru. Thank you, beach. And he just, it's just this awesome way of putting that type of positivity, and gratefulness, and gratitude, and just everything out into the universe, um, and yeah, I've been trying to do it, like, while riding, been, t- thank you mountains, and then, you know, thank you rivers, thank you valleys, and then, I love thanking my bike, I love thanking Jaeger, thank you bike, thank you Jaeger, I and mean, that usually is Ends in me chanting Yega's name. Ye, 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 Yega, ye, 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 That's become a way that I love connecting with my own bicycle. Um, and then, yeah, then I'll start thanking my legs, thanking my body, thanking my heart, thanking my lungs, thanking my helmet. Um, you know, it's just like all those all those little things that, I don't know, <laughs> they're just little things to be grateful for. And, um, I don't know, I, I've, I've just been, I've been thinking about gratefulness a lot differently on this trip, and I'm stoked on it, and I enjoy how it makes me feel when I do it, and yeah, it's goofy, gratefulness is a rad thing, try it, try it, try it, I, I dare you to try it, like, um, I don't know, thank you mouse for clicking on. thank you keyboard for being connected thank you like thank technology my gosh like thank you wifi like thank you oh my gosh like heating in my co- I'm just imagining these things that I'll be saying thank you for in the winter in Colorado like thank you snowboard thank you snowboard boots thank you wool socks thank you long johns oh, thank you, Fresh Powder at A-Basin. Like, say these things out loud. Just try it. Or, or like, oh, thank you, Snuffy's Milkshake. Ooh, thank you, Juicy Lucy Cheeseburger. <laughs> Thanks, Mom's Spaghetti. Like, just, just, like, I don't know. Try it. I dare you. I dare you to try it. Just on your way home from work, in your car, or whatever, on your bike ride home, um, wherever you are. I, I, I just, it. just try it. it, it I, I think you're going to enjoy it.
1: <laughs> and also... Not mentioned specifically in the clip, but Tom has just been so grateful for his partner, being here with him through thick and thin, and... No, uh, that, that was... I, I kind of intentionally left that out. <laughs> like, that was an intentional omission. <laughs> Great. Well, moving on um, from there. We, we left the hot springs and we crossed the border into Bolivia, which was no easy feat. Probably the most hectic border crossing, but that was just bureaucratic stuff. Nothing crazy. Um, and then we finished up our final day of riding along Lago Tiricaca, which in case you're wondering, it's the 18th largest lake in the world. <laughs> in, um, case you were <laughs> in case you're wondering, in case you're wondering. And we arrived at the, the rim of the canyon surrounding the Bolivian capital city of La Paz. And we couldn't really it wasn't like an enjoyable vista that we or sat ride. No. that we sat and absorbed and contemplated in any way. Because we were just hurtling down this massive hill from the rim of the canyon down into La Paz, surrounded by semis, vans, cars, all this speeding traffic, honking, whistling, um,
0: cat calling.
1: By far the most insane urban riding, um, one of the most insane downhills ever, but definitely the most insane urban city traffic riding that we've ever found ourselves in. But uh, we got through that without any vehicular collisions. We arrived at the Casa de Ciclistas in La Paz, which we had been hearing a lot of things about as we had made our way south. And really, uh, we- Casa de Ciclistas in
0: general, we've been hearing about. We've pretty much had pretty much had connections in every city, every... Ma- they tend to be in more or less major cities, and we've had connections in most of the major cities that a lot of the other noteworthy Costas have been in. Uh and really what Casa de Ciclises are, are kind of more or less really only known in the bicycle touring community, but they're places that are either completely free, or you pay a tiny little fee to spend the night, uh, and it's more or less just like a safe house for cyclists that you can go spend a night at, spend ten nights at, spend two months at, um... And we spent, what, how many nights? Four, five ish nights? I think two full days and three nights okay. at La Paz. Um, and uh, so, yeah, the Casa de Ciclista in La Paz, uh, we were able to. It's been run by the same guy, uh, Christian, um, since its inception in 2009. And since. He opened his doors to cyclists in 2009. He has had over 2,000 cyclists stay at his house. So you can imagine that uh, inherently there's just a undeniable aspect of chaos to <laughs> this man's life by allowing literally thousands of strangers um, through the doors of his house.
1: And we spent a couple days immersed in this undeniable chaos in Christian's house. Uh, cleaning the bikes getting new supplies getting geared up ready to go for southern bolivia and then we left out into the altiplano and made our way towards one of our biggest kind of landmark destinations that we had been most excited about was visiting the uh, the biggest salt flats in the world
0: and uh unexpectedly we we, we had we had an encounter that that uh well, we haven't really experienced anything quite like this thus far um and we'll we'll let the story tell itself so
3: Hello, this is Kathleen Hooper, and I am one of Tommy and Tyler's friends from d u Six years ago, I studied abroad on the South Island of New Zealand, and six years later, my crazy friend Aubrey Mabel convinced me to go back and not only go back and travel and visit but run a half Ironman. A 1.2 mile swim a 56 mile bike ride and a 13.1 mile run.
1: And as Kathleen was towing the starting line of this Ironman race halfway across the world we were blasting down the Bolivian Altiplano finding our way to the town of Kolchani, where we were going to load up on dinner supplies and head out into the barren wasteland of the Salar de
0: Uyuni. As we pulled out from the store with bags full of food and bottles full of water, we noticed that we had a furry friend on our tails.
3: So throughout the bike ride, I started talking to people. And, I mean, not people who were riding next to me, because most of them were flying past. And... I had to just enjoy my surroundings, take a look around, breathe in the landscape, say hey to some cows, sing a song. That's what I needed to do to get me through. Um, So like I said, I was having conversations with friends. People were riding by probably thinking, what is this girl doing? She's kind of nuts. She's talking to herself. I mean, yeah, you go crazy when you're running a half Ironman, but like, come on, girl, get it together. But I was having conversations with loved ones and people that I cared about. Two of those were Tommy and Tyler. And I I remember having this conversation out loud during the stretch of miles that I was really struggling. And I thought, guys, hey, it's Kat. Uh, I'm having a tough time here. I'm like 35 miles in. I've got quite a long way to go. A guy just passed me and said, you got it, girl, nearly there. Only 40k to go. And I just thought, oh my god, this is so hard. Um, but then I thought about you guys, and you're doing this every single day, riding your bikes for hundreds of miles. And I just want to shout out to you and let you know how much I'm thinking about you and how much I care about you guys and absolutely love what you're doing. And I'm sending all the love from New Zealand. And it was just cool to be across the world and sending these positive vibes and love and support and effort. And I I literally, I remember thinking or saying out loud, um, I wonder what you guys are doing today. What roads are you on?
1: Well, we weren't exactly on roads as you would traditionally call them. We were making our way into arguably the biggest nowheresville in all of South America and right around the time that Kat was starting to have these phantom conversations in the middle of her struggle fest during the 56 mile bike ride we were making camp and realized that the dog that had followed us out to the salt flats was still hanging around nuzzling at our tent getting cozy with our bikes
0: and uh... As we're sitting there eating our dinner of goulash out of a pot, uh, Ralph, who we had come to name the dog, I am staring at this pup, kind of half crazily myself, talking to Ty, saying that I know this dog is someone we know. Who is it? So I start calling it all sorts of names of our friends, of our family, just to see if we'll get a reaction. And I just keep saying, I know this is someone we know. I know this is someone we know. I don't know who it is, I don't know why, I don't know why they're uh, they're with us right now, but I know this is someone we know. And uh, we go to bed, Ralph ended up making his way into the vestibule of our tent, snuggled up next to us, and uh, when we woke up the next morning, he had fallen asleep uh, the second half of the night in between our two bicycles. And we spent all morning with Ralph, Uh, We rode back
1: out from the salt flats back into town Got our final resupply goods and then got on the highway and sure enough Ralph is still with us still tagging along at a, a Pretty healthy clip like we were just cruising perfectly flat ground around You know 15 16 17 miles an hour and Ralph is right there with us until finally the the desert sun and the mileage um tuckered him out and we had to say goodbye to our dear, dear friend Ralph.
3: And with that I finished the fifty-six miles and uh went on to run 13.1 and then some. And uh I felt I felt Tommy and Tyler with me so much. So thank you guys for, for being a part of my journey. And little did I know I was a part of yours. So that's, that's a, a, wild, a wild thing to think about and really makes me, just reminds me time and time again that what you put out into the universe matters and people can feel things from afar and the kindness of strangers goes so, so far. So cheers to you guys. I'm thinking about you a whole lot and uh, can't wait to see you when you get back to Denver and much love.
1: So we keep riding on. Ralph is growing smaller and smaller into the distance, yet Tom is continuing to insist that this dog is not just a dog. It is a spirit. It is the embodiment of somebody that we know dearly, dearly well. And I'm just kind of going along with him. Um, It's a cool idea. As quirky as it sounds, I dig what he's trying to get at, but I have no idea who this dog could possibly be. Neither one of us does. It wasn't until a couple later, a couple days later that uh, the full extent of the connection came to be realized.
0: Yeah, this was where the things got really weird. Uh, Kathleen, we received a message from her out of the blue uh, describing this comical conversation that she had out loud in the middle of her Iron Man race directly to Ty and I Both. And immediately, I got this shit-eating grin on my face (laughs) because I knew that the time of her race coincided directly um, with the time that we spent on the salt flats hanging out with Ralph. And so we then went on to explain to Kathleen this ridiculous story, which she uh, totally understood being both having this ounce of craziness that drives people to do things like run half Ironmans or ride your bike 15,000 miles across the world. Um, but yeah, just one of those connections that, uh, it, it, what, one of those moments that was was almost just, uh, definitely one of the crazier, like, I, more, like Ty was saying, more psychotic, uh, <laughs> moments of the trip. But one of those things that just proved themselves in a way that possibly fully, maybe we will only ever understand. But at the same time, like Kathleen was saying, um, that idea of putting energy out into the, into the world and um, directing good and directing positivity towards people um, can often be picked up mm-hmm. in the best, most bizarre ways you could ever imagine. And
1: having the, the self-confidence to admit your psychosis and your quirkiness but not caring because you know that the good energy you're putting out is getting picked up by someone, even if they're on the other side of the globe. Somebody's going to feel it. Somebody is going to appreciate those good vibrations. And we were fortunate enough to be the recipients of Kathleen's good vibes on that particular day. So thank you very much, Kathleen. Congratulations on such a badass accomplishment. Um, And we are also anxiously looking forward to reuniting and sharing some memories in person when we get back to Denver. Or we could just keep this crazy telekinetic thing (laughs) going on. Who knows? Maybe we've got superpowers. And speaking of telekinesis and superpowers and other hard, provable sciences along those lines, we, uh, during our journeys at the higher altitudes of the Altiplano, we continuously came into confrontation with this really challenging scientific question of what the hell happens to water when you're at altitude, and why does our shit not boil when we're trying to cook
0: dinner, why am I sitting here again after a half hour, cold as shit, trying to cook a crappy ass dinner of <laughs> pasta and tuna and the freaking water's not boiling? So, after
1: dealing with this for so long and knowing that the scientific truth behind it was far beyond our comprehension <laughs> abilities, we decided to call in, phone a friend, um, the smartest professional scientists that we know personally, none other than Berg and Josem, who you might remember from episode one, I believe we recorded from his bedroom. Yes. Yes, we did.
2: Hey there buddies. Uh, really, really psyched to, uh, answer a question for you. I, m- I must say before I say anything that Tyler, I would say that you are easily in the top 60 smartest people I know. Uh, Right. Um, In regards to your question, though, um, unfortunately, I got to tell you that water actually boils at a lower temperature at higher altitude. So, basically, you are wrong. Um, Hate to hate to have to tell you that. So, what what actually might be going on is that the altitude is likely uh, negatively impacting your brains, um, which honestly. It's not a surprise. I've seen it happen to you both uh, here in Colorado uh, from time to time. Um, it, one one piece of advice I would offer to make that boiling time uh, shorter would be to uh, go into your tent and zip up all the vestibules um, so that you're you know you're like really in kind of a, an enclosed uh, rain shelter, and that'll kind of help keep some of that heat in. And then light up that stove, and um, you know it, it probably will cut that cook time by. 20% if all the doors are closed. Um, so yeah, just kind of feel that one out, try it out. Um, but yeah, let me know how that goes. Um, you know, and if you need me to, to send in some more, uh, you know, advice or a, uh, a recording or maybe a short video, I'm happy to do that too. Um, yeah. Hope you guys are doing great.
1: Wow. Gee, thanks for that stellar recommendation there, Bergen. Uh, Your advice has officially cost you your ranking of smartest scientists that we know. That is a terrible idea, and we're not dumb enough to try it.
0: Yeah, dude, and um, I don't know. I don't need a master's degree to know that there are no stupid questions. You cannot be wrong for asking a question, okay? God, pompous academic. And that was some explanation you gave. You didn't even talk
1: about molecules or chemistry or anything. You just said
0: no. God, I want to see your degree. But, thank you. We... Also thank you. <laughs> we appreciate it. You still are smart, you're brave, um, you're... Tough. Sh- yeah. Okay. God. Dang it! You win again!
1: <laughs> and with that, with our, our gratitude that is somewhat masked by anger at not being as smart as Bergen, um, we want to roll into our favorite segment on the Spoken Tour, The Kindness of strangers. We are once again humbled by it and indebted to it and grateful and happy to be a part of it. First off, we need to give a huge thank you to our fellow DU Pioneers and teammates on the soccer pitch, uh, Tommy Tyson, Chad Letty, Joe Edelman. Thank you guys for giving us a taste of home and a taste of what it feels like to just simply hang out
0: with your boys. And to the little tiny gas station attendant in Ayaviri, thank you for giving us a roof over our heads on one of the windiest days I can remember. Leaving
1: Ayaviri, we met uh, the first pair of cycle tourists that were not either a married couple, uh, an engaged couple, a boyfriend and girlfriend, or any other combination of... Loosely lit lovers Loving interests Um, We met two Colombians Who were like Almost 70 years old And they were just out there A couple of buds Touring around South America And we got really excited When we met them So thank you guys For giving us some Good old fashioned bud stoke To the Juliaca
0: Casa de Ciclistas Thank you very much For giving us a spot to stay On a cold cold rainy night And
1: following that, we owe another gigantic thank you to the restaurant owner in the town of Huatahata, who not only let us pitch our tent in the backyard of their restaurant, but fried up a couple of delicious Lago Titicaca trout for us to eat. Thank you very much.
0: And to the man that generously pulled over and let us throw our bikes in the bed of his pickup during the middle of a 13,000-foot downpour um, on the shores of Lake Titicaca, thank you for saving us from probably the closest we've ever been to being fully hypothermic on the trip
1: and when we arrived in La Paz we were welcomed by Christian the uh, interviewee that we heard from earlier and we owe a huge thank you to Christian for opening his doors to not only us but the thousands of other cyclists that he's welcomed to the La Paz Casa de Ciclistas thank you Christian
0: I don't think I can talk about this next uh, oruro based Kindness episode, because I think I saw a tear, uh, uh, dribble from your eye as you took a bite of what led to this huge, huge,
1: huge kindness encounter. It was huge. It was gigantic. It was monumental. When we were in Uru, uh, the hostel we were staying at was being um, operated. Bl- blessed. Blessed by two traveling uh, mexicanos who not only working at the hostel, but on that particular Friday night, they were doing their own little Mexican taco night at the restaurant next door, and tasting their authentic carne asada, Mexican tacos, was literally a blast from the past that got the better of all of my emotions,
0: and yeah. they were damn good tacos. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll move on to the next one. Yeah, please. I'll move on to the next one. Um, to the hostel owner in Chayapata, um, thank you for giving us, um, I think, a spoon and a butter knife after uh, we had proceeded to completely shatter five of our tire levers um, earlier in that one single day. Uh, it should be noted, we have since, I have since learned how
1: to uh, change my tires, so... <laughs> Don't worry only about took, that. Only
0: took 12,000 miles.
1: <laughs> only took five tire levers. Um, thank you to our host in the town of Atocha in southern Bolivia, um, Chiki and his c- uh, cousin Limber and their friend Eduard. Um, you guys were a great crew to hang out with, and we really enjoyed our time in Atocha, so thank you so much. And to
0: the friendly cu- uh, crew at the YPF gas station on our first night in Argentina. Thank you so much for finding the space next to your bulldozer for a spot for our tent. And then the following day, um,
1: thank you to the random motorcyclist who gave my buddy a, a lift on a particularly difficult stretch of dirt road. On our way uh, down south towards Salta, I, Tom, I think he had a bit of a challenge on, <laughs> yeah, that, on that sketch.
0: Yeah, a motorcycle dude uh, pulled up next to me, patted his shoulder, told me the uh, to latch on um, as I proceeded to skitch on his motorbike. Um, it led to one of the biggest falls I've had on the trip. Um, luckily, I did not take him down as well, but uh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Uh, And then after surviving
1: the fall, we pulled into Salta, we caught a bus, we pulled into Mendoza, and here in Mendoza, we owe a gigantic thank you to our Warm Showers host, Daniel, for letting us crash, for taking us out to uh, Argentinian Steakhouse, letting us taste his Argentinian wine, just being one of the most generous and outgoing and fun-loving hosts that we've had anywhere of the trip so far.
0: And to the two other cyclists staying here, Roberto from Italia and Mauricio from Mexico, thank you for all the info you've given us on uh, Patagonia from north to south. We greatly appreciate it. And finally,
1: although they are not strangers to us, we owe them a gigantic thank you for the generosity they've shown, both in spirit. And in cold hard dollars, we're talking about, of course, our Spokenators, the members of Spoke Nation who have actually gone out of their way to make some Spoke Nations to the two of us. First and foremost, uh, Genesis Vital, thank you very very much. Secondly, to our uh, good friend Denver Pioneer and DT mate uh, Aaron, who is on her way to becoming the world's best physician's assistant and probably hardest sending physician's assistant that that anybody's ever seen. Easily. Thirdly, to uh, Ann and Mike Medici, who were definitely without doubt in the running for the most frequently uh, generous Spokenators of the entire trip. Fourthly, to our good friend, good, good friend, and Zona native, uh, Cameron. Cameron Tanita, everybody. Give it up for Cameron. (laughs) Sorry, I can't. You deserve a better applause than that, but it's been a long day for us. So, all we want to say is thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and congrats on the engagement. We are very happy for you and Rob. Um, looking forward to that wedding 2019. Everybody, mark your calendars. And I think that just about wraps it up here on episode 17 of The Spoken Tour. You guys, we are getting pretty close to the end. We don't know how many episodes. Um remain in this anthology <laughs> of podcast history. Yeah, it seems so. as
0: if for some reason the the cadence at which these episodes are being released tends to grow larger. Uh, the space in between the further south we go. It's not something we can control. We're in a new hemisphere. We did not plan for this. Um, But, yeah, we don't have many of these Epis left. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, um, send them to us. We would love to answer your questions. Um, If you can, use the Voice Memo app on your phone, assuming most of you have iPhones. I know I probably shouldn't do this, but most of you do. And uh, send us an email to thespokentour at gmail.com with those questions, with those comments, with those concerns, whatever they are. We would love to field them. As weird as your questions may be, like um, Ty's aunt wondering, where do you buy your toothpaste? At the store. A normal... Don't give it away, dude. You'll find out next episode. Yeah. (laughs)
3: Yeah.
0: uh, yeah, whatever it is, send them, send them our way um, as we start braving the Antarctic winter that is blowing our way. Um, as your days become longer, ours become shorter. As your days become warmer, ours become colder.
1: Whoa, that is heady.
0: Yeah, that was... I just came up with that on the spot.
1: Huh. <laughs> oh, my God. Got me got me sweating in my booties over here. Eddie. Yeah,
0: yeah. It might be the Dos litros de Cerveza that we just may baby must.
1: That's creative juices for the Spoken Tour here. And, folks, with that, we want to say uh, muchas gracias and adios until la próxima vez. Yeah. Toodaloo. Ciao. One, two, three, four.
2: Pedaling on to the end of the world, making friends around every curve, telling stories, pedaling on. Mm-hmm.